Hey everyone, David Petrangelo here, just uh, jumping in before the episode gets going to let you know that if you listen to our last episode and want to hear more about what we thought about Eternals, or at least Ian and Mike, since they've seen the movie, uh, we have a little post credit scene of our own, and the two guys are talking about what they thought of the post credit scenes in Eternals. So I'm going to tag that right onto the end of the episode. You can find it right there after a little extra music. Just thought I'd give everybody a heads up. And if you haven't already heard their thoughts on Eternals, that's in our previous episode as well called Eternally Disney. So check that out as well. Hope you enjoy this. We're about to celebrate the Nintendo GameCube. So what is it that separates GameCube from its competitors like Sony PlayStation 2? Many of these video game experts tell me it's all in the controls. No, actually, it's very easy. Once you memorize it, press start. Once you memorize it, you know where everything goes. This, uh, I think, pushes the uh, envelope of reality. The system, it, I've had people when I was doing shows in Houston walk up wondering who was playing uh, football on CBS. That's how real it was. GameCube will hit the stores in just about 10 days, but it's going to have some stiff competition with Sony PlayStation 2 and Microsoft's new Xbox, also expected to be big hits this year. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name's David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials are going to be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Nintendo GameCube. Or, as they did call it initially, Project Dolphin. Oh my I'm glad God. you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. I have a funny story. <laughs> um, as you've heard there already this week, I again, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Michael R. Power and Ian Walter. As I've uh, prefaced before we even uh, began the episode, I am. This is one of the consoles that I played the least in my entire life. It's actually. It might actually be the least. It's it's really sad to say. I've played a lot of good games on it, and I've played mostly multiplayer games because I had quite a few friends that had a GameCube. I didn't own one until, oh my God, maybe seven years ago, and I only have a few games for it, like Smash and and, uh, and pretty obvious ones, a Mario Party title, like things like that. But uh, I think you guys have much deeper memories for the GameCube. How did you get your GameCube seven years ago? Did you buy it? David? Yeah, we, me and my brother purchased it? it. Yeah, it was maybe it was about oh. 10 years ago, maybe. But um, right. but yeah, we purchased it and it came with a couple controllers and we bought it because we saw it at the time. It wasn't like stupidly priced, came with a couple games at a, at a used right. game store. And that's honestly, I, I played it just as much then as I did when it was actually out on my own, at least. Like I said, most of the time I went to someone's house and played it. So and um, just a couple days later was the Xbox, right? Like the mm-hmm. they were neck and neck in release dates. They were a week apart in release dates, and or actually no, just a couple days actually, same week in release dates. So it was like, no, if anyone was around back then and was you know around what we are, what we were teenagers, preteens, however young we were, it was like this huge debate. What what were you gonna get? What console you're gonna get? Yep, the Xbox. Uh, for me, I was a no brainer. No brainer for me. <laughs> I was Nintendo. 2, you know, PlayStation, PlayStation Two was the other one. Yeah, I was a Nintendo. It wasn't even. I was a Nintendo fanboy. I had the NES. I had Game Boy. I had 
Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Color, N64. It was just natural for me. I was getting the GameCube. I didn't even know what the hell an Xbox was. Um, and then what what happened was I remember getting the magazine, pre pre ordering it, picking out my two games, uh, got the GameCube. No one else I knew, maybe, well Ian, but no one else from my school because <laughs> me and Dylan was here got a GameCube. Just I was you like two the cool only kids. one. <laughs> you two cool got cats. A I didn't regret it at all. But all my friends were had the Xbox. The Xbox was like. Meanwhile, no one knew what the Xbox was back then. Yeah. That was the very first Xbox. I had no idea. Halo, everyone was playing Halo. And the GameCube didn't really have that many good games. Luckily, I went to a lot of my friends' houses to play Halo a lot. And then I had the GameCube at home, which I played on my own. But yes, I had the I had the launch black. I found I, I thought it was black. purple. Yeah. But I, I found my GameCube recently. It was black. I had the launch black um, GameCube. I got the NHL hits and the star wars uh rogue squadron the star wars rogue yeah. squadron game yeah, it's a great game. launch so good um i and i have loved the gamecube ever since it came out yes i didn't get the xbox i wasn't one of the cool kids with the xbox or the playstation <laughs> i had the gamecube i was you know i think maybe a lot of people our age in 2000 when we were like 13 14 we're maybe growing old growing out of nintendo and mario games but i wasn't i was still Still ready to play those Mario games as I still am now as a 30 year old. So, yeah, I got, you know, my favorite games from the GameCube are like, well, maybe we'll talk about the favorite games later. Yeah, we'll say, talk about it. Yeah, that's yeah. my memory of like launch day was like everyone being excited, but me being the only one getting a game. Everyone excited for Alex's system, but me being the only one getting a GameCube. But I really didn't regret it. There were so many good games I played on GameCube. And Nintendo always had to do things differently, right? There were cartridges mm-hmm. and that, you know, places started going disc and then they're like no we're gonna go like this mini disc yeah, <laughs> oh, you know and the i was gonna mention the rumors around the schoolyard before gamecube came out was that it was called the dolphin and yeah. that you would put the little discs in the, the dolphin disc was in that the just my mouth? school <laughs> no, yeah, was no, that, no, no, that was a thing you would put the little discs in the dolphin's mouth and people were kind of like joking about it and i was kind of like oh do i really want that or yeah that, like that's gonna <laughs> make you not want to play a mario game i want to feed my yeah. dolphin every day <laughs> i'm glad that <laughs> no that uh, was like that was 100 percent a thing for sure because it was okay. called project dolphin right there's yeah. always sort of like a name and there was no like indication as to like what the system's gonna look like which is still a thing now it boggles my mind that it's like okay look i have this xbox series s sitting in front of me and it's like okay it's just a little white square rectangle you know thing and you know does it really matter what it looks like no but then you know when you're a certain age you're like oh my god nintendo's making a dolphin as a as a console that's so strange like nothing would ever look like that but still i you know ian mentions that the small the small discs i mean that's still very surprising that they did that i think small discs are weird yeah, it's so strange. I I don't know if it's, I don't know if it has anything to do with pri- like piracy. I don't know if that had something to do with it, but the fact that they fit games on those on those tiny discs, it's almost like our our parents having um, having regular sized records and then the smaller sized ones, which mm-hmm. I always escapes my mind because I'm not a record A-tracks person. Or... No, no, th- there's ones that would there would be basically be like singles, right? Like my mom had oh, okay. a bunch of. A bunch of Beatles, Those albums small vinyls, the small yeah. vinyls. That's what it felt like Nintendo was doing with the small CDs or small discs. I was yeah. like, this is so weird. Um, and then it was a, and then it was a purple box, 
purple lunchbox. Yeah, yeah mine was purple. And I had the classic purple controller. I also had a black one and an orange one. I don't know what my fourth one was. Maybe another black one. But uh, I have a lot of love for the GameCube controller. I know like anyone diving into PS2 or Xbox would just say, well, you're crazy because the one flaw of the GameCube controller it was for whatever reason, they didn't give it the extra button. So the PS2 controller had one more button. Yeah, I, I um, didn't. I, I never I can't. I still can't wrap my head around the controller. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I, I never it's got like used taking to it. the the N64 one and making it so that you don't have three handles. It was weird. Like it was a hybrid between the N64 and like a regular. What PS2 I do. Controller. Yeah, what I do appreciate about it is that it still sort of fits for even larger hands. It still feels OK. Like as a kid, it felt like it fit your hand. Even now, it kind of does, too. I do like the way the sort of the, the shoulder buttons and the sort of quote unquote triggers feel and stuff. I could yeah. just never wrap my head around the fact that the X, Y, A, B were all these different sizes and, yeah. and different configurations. I think that's what threw me off. But and the only design flaw in my mind is like they gave it a Z button, like a second trigger here, but no second trigger here. So just one button less than like the PS2 or you know what we know to be a, a, a hand, <laughs> yeah console controller now. But yeah, yeah, other than that, like I mean we talk a lot about Nintendo. We talk about how you know the the graphics kind of take the back seat when it comes to like new or innovative games. Like you'll find much better graphics usually with the PlayStation and Xbox titles. But where you may lose in graphics for nintendo as you always make up for in like classic story gameplay elements just like ease of, ease of play really is like what it comes down to just like enjoyable gameplay uh which i really dig and uh, i know we're going to talk about some of our favorites but uh i think the it released with luigi's mansion right Released with Luigi's Mansion, yeah, and course. I regret not getting that as a launch game. I really, me do. too. I never got into that franchise because of yeah, that, I, I yeah. never really got into it, and I kind of wish that I had. Luigi is a favorite of mine; like it's always right. Luigi yeah. over oh, yeah. Mario right. for me. Exactly. <laughs> um, so it's it's strange that I didn't really dive into it, but I just knew that it wasn't like a traditional Mario title. So yeah, um, like the the way that like a platformer would would go, and of course the Mario title was Sunshine, which seems to be a forgotten gem out of uh that's a lot of so these. that's my blind spot in the mario universe mm-hmm. is playing sunshine still i still haven't played that and sadly i uh i missed um luigi's mansion because i never had a gamecube i knew one person that had it but it's sort of like can i borrow your your primary console so i could play one of your games like it just never ended up happening but i didn't mm. play it later when we got the gamecube and then really liked it and then bought the 3ds version which i love and have played two or three times now it's really really great um but uh but sunshine and um and wind waker legend of zelda wind waker i also have never played oh and i that's really want to play both those games like i really really do i just i don't know i guess i maybe i should just find a copy and just play it or maybe i'll yeah. have to end up buying like a remaster version on switch when it costs you know a hundred dollars next year whenever or whenever they end up doing it <laughs> like, yeah yeah so um one thing about the GameCube that stands out for me that I'll just give a shout out for is I'm a Nintendo fan, as I've mentioned already, and there's so many Nintendo franchises that I love that every time this a new Nintendo game comes out, I, I'm hooked on this franchise and I have to buy it, you know, since I was a kid. So Pokemon is one of them. Mario is one of them. 
Zelda is one of them. Mm-hmm. And there are a few of them where the GameCube was a system that got me hooked on that franchise. Ah, and okay. that those franchises are um, uh, Fire Emblem. Oh, right. Yeah, you love I'm, Fire I'm, Emblem. I love the Fire Emblem games. I'm, you know, we do very little research to get into this show, but I'm pretty sure someone gets something wrong. I'm pretty sure that the Fire Emblem game for the GameCube was the first North American release of any Fire Emblem game. That's my first um, exposure to it. For yeah, sure. and I've loved the Fire Emblem series since. There maybe was a Game Boy one that I'm forgetting, but that was at least my first experience with Fire Emblem. And since then, I've played all the Fire Emblem games on GameCube. I've played all the Fire Emblem games on Wii. I've played all the Fire Emblem games on um, DS and um, Switch. So yeah, that got me hooked to the Fire Emblem series. Uh, the next one is Animal Crossing. The Animal Crossing game on the GameCube, again, I'm pretty sure that's the first time an Animal Crossing game was released in North America. So the GameCube That one was for on sure. That. that I know it is. Yeah. yeah, the GameCube got me hooked on that franchise, and I've loved all the Animal Crossings since. I loved the Animal Crossing on the Switch, especially, and got my wife addicted to it. And then um, the next... And then, and then there's franchises that um, continued from the N64 to the GameCube, where... I believe the GameCube version is the definitive version of that game. It, it, that Those games are Super Smash. I think the GameCube version, Super Smash Melee, is still the best Super Smash game that ever came out. It's still like the pinnacle. It's, it's to me, will always be the best one. And then there's Mario Kart. Um, Double, Double Dash. Dash. Double That's Dash, my favorite yeah. Mario Kart. Oh, it was so and good. It is. It's yeah. very so. That's such a I good one. I love that one. And then there is F Zero GX. Mm-hmm. So the Zero. Uh, I think that's my favorite and the best F Zero game. And then there's Mario Tennis, Mario mm. Power Tennis, or something like that. That's I think the best Mario Tennis game. And I loved. I loved most of those games, like Super Smash, Mario Kart, and Mario Tennis. I loved those games on N sixty four. But for some reason, it's this GameCube version of those games that is my ultimate favorite i like them even more than the versions that came after for wii and switch so that's that's something i love about gamecube like those franchises now mario franchise has gone on i think to do bigger and better things and mario sunshine is not my favorite but hey those other ones i still think the, the gamecube version is the like definitive version of those games my my uh my standout my my first memory of gamecube like Ian, you mentioned the uh, the graphics aren't always like the top priority for a Nintendo game, and I, and, it, and I think you're right. It doesn't really matter, you know. Even even when Switch was out, it's like, oh, it's so much less powerful than even the current gen, which at the time was you know PlayStation Four and and Xbox and stuff. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. It's it's fine. It's, it'd be nice if it was sharper. Be nice enough to if the if the Switch was like just a little bit nicer, whatever. But I remember. The first time I turned on a GameCube at a friend's place was, I think it was, it was only a couple weeks after it came out. So it was very new. Again, I never had it. I just had the Xbox and it was like, yeah, we got to play Halo. We got to play Fusion Frenzy, which was their, their version of Mario of uh, Mario Party. And I remember going in there and he's like, you just need to play this, this game. And he actually didn't tell me what it was. 
were up in his bedroom and he had like a, he was like one of the only guys I knew that had TV in his bedroom and had a Nintendo. It's like, Oh, that's already so cool. Um, and he turns it on and the, you know, the cube comes around the screen and all this stuff and in comes a star Wars crawl. And I'm just like, Oh, what? There's a star Wars game for it. I had no idea. And then yeah, I played, man. and then on my own, I played Rogue Squadron for like an hour and a half while my friends were hanging out <laughs> as well. It's just like, the, and, and I remember seeing the, the Rogue Squadron game and just being like, wow, this looks amazing. And yeah. you know what, man, a lot of the GameCube games don't really look that bad now. You know, no. obviously 20 years is 20 years, but like, you know, I, I've, I watched sort of like yesterday when we were sort of saying that we're going to do a GameCube episode. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to look up to see if I remember it being, because that's still such a GameCube memory for me is playing that for the very first time. And man, even in, in full motion, not just screenshots, but Rogue Squadron still looks pretty damn good. It's but I'm with you, Dave. Game. Yeah. Gameplay over graphics any day. I'll play a 16-bit, 18-bit game yeah. now that has good gameplay over whatever game has the best graphics. Just exactly. because the graphics are good. It's gameplay. That's why Nintendo gets it, right? Yeah, I remember being blown away by the way that uh, Rogue Squadron looked at the time, and even now I'm just like, wow, this really holds up a lot better than I than I thought it would. So that was that's my like standout moment, even though I don't have a ton of them yeah. from the game. The cool game, thing so. about like the whole N64 like Nintendo continuity is you had your Rogue Squadron game in N64, and then this is Rogue Squadron Two Rogue Leader, and it's the Rogue mm. Squadron game for GameCube, right? So and, and then they went on made a third one, but. They, yeah. they have that continuity. So I have a question for you guys because we just recently played Mario Party and I'm a Wario. I'm a gonna win. I took it home <laughs> and you uh, did. for Extra Life Day. <laughs> but do you have any idea how many Mario Party or which Mario Party games were out for GameCube? Uh, I want to put that to you too because uh, uh, I, I do have it here. But, but I, it, I think I think well, you can go first, Dave. I think no, I, I think, I, I I think it's guys, it's. Um, I think I know this. I think it's four, five, six, and seven. I think maybe oh. only four, five, six. Okay. But I, what I'm about agreeing, Mike? I'm agreeing with Dave on four. I think the first three were N64, but I think it was I four. I I would say uh, I think eight was was yeah. Okay, I think four, five, six. I think seven might have been we. Okay, so Dave nailed it, and that was impressive. Oh, wow. Uh, four, impressive. five, and six, and seven. And then I think when eight came out, it was Wii. Oh, eight was the Wii one. I wow, think eight, epic. yeah, I think eight was Wii and Wii U. It's like sort of did the Mario Kart thing where they had it for, right. for maybe. So yeah. if, do you guys remember? That's a lot, uh, man. That's a lot of Mario parties. For that one is console. Lot, three, four for one console. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you guys, um, do you know, Ian, and you might know better, do you know what the Wave Bird is? The wave bird. Is it a ship? That no, was, it's no, the, the controller. Wave bird was the wireless oh. controller for yeah. the GameCube. Oh, and I do remember. Did you have that, one yeah. of those? No, I'm I didn't. pretty sure the wave bird was the very first between PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo was the very first wireless controller. It had Nintendo had the wireless controller before. Like, so you know, my friends came over and saw, and I loved the wave bird. Uh, one piece hooked up into the system and then one piece of thing. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was thrown off my wireless controller when the Xbox had those big, long, like 10 foot, you know, whatever cables. 
And uh, that was total game changer having that wireless controller, man. Yeah. It was so awesome. The Xbox's solution was that the cable was nine feet long. That was their yes. solution. And you could, you yeah, could interchange, so, you could change them if you needed to, like the little sort of dongle on it was different. It's like nine feet's great, yeah. but you also have this giant cable to worry about mm-hmm. as well. True. So the, I <laughs> but, always uh, remember but you're right, Mike, it is. It was the first, it was the first wireless um, technology that did, that used radio frequency instead of infrared. So it had there less, it had less um, interference when you were using yeah. it. So it was actually much more reliable than anything else that would have been wireless before it. Um, but this yeah. was like, yeah, this was more of like standalone holding your hand controller. Mm-hmm. Whereas before was like, we've talked about before the, the duck hunt gun or something, you know, like yeah. that stuff. Well, and then, you know, it's always Nintendo because then they go ahead with the Wii and they, they capitalize on uh, motion control before, you know, before Microsoft did it and before PlayStation did it. So yeah, I think uh, there's tons of good games here. When, when Mike, when you mentioned Super Mario's, uh, sorry, Super Smash Bros. Melee, I thought again about that controller because that controller became the definitive controller for that game. Uh, and and I used to use it, I kept I, like the Wii function as a GameCube. So I used to use my GameCube controllers even later on in life. So yeah, it was, it was great. I um, used my GameCube controllers all through the Wii's life because you could hook them up to the Wii. Um, I, I, I absolutely love the game controller. It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Super Smash and like you mentioned, uh, Mario Kart Double Dash were definitely my favorite Mario titles for the GameCube, and definitely were fun to play with three, four people as well. Um, yeah, I, I remember even Smash was so good. I, I used to play through like the solo modes and all that. Like oh. it was, it was a great time. Uh, and Double Dash was good, even with two people like just you know playing the the Grand Prix or whatever it is. Well, because Double the, Dash's thing was was the co-op for like stuff. You could right? actually play like Grand like, Prix co-op on yeah, the same. Like, that's yeah, that's awesome. And, yeah, and, and you still can't do that anymore. Like, why yeah. why didn't they bring that back? That you'd play they that should. Super Cup or whatever it was where you play yeah. all sixteen maps. It was so good. That's such a good um, idea. Like, yeah, it was awesome. But you could one person rode the back. Every cart had two. Players, two people you then, could choose if you wanted to do yeah. two v2 or like everyone gets their own you could choose if you wanted to play on the same cart or play separate cards right but if you're doing co-op that's that's how i do it i don't understand the 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 lack of using that idea since then like why has it been I know. how why has it been it's like 18 idea. years it's 19 years idea. since they've done that i don't understand it like yeah. i know they've only made like one mario kart game in the last like eight years or whatever it's been since eight came out but like yeah. why didn't seven have it that why should didn't be seven, in you know, like the new ones because you could yeah. play the grand prix and you could actually if you hit the button you'd switch who the driver is so you could actually switch every lap if you wanted or every such race a good idea and the person in the back actually had something new because they helped with the items, items. they could actually yeah. help with the power slides on the turns so you weren't like yeah. you weren't just sitting there race. pressing you a button yeah. yeah you actually it was actually a really good call play um, and do we want to talk about favorite games? Yeah, I know. I'm very curious what you guys have as your favorites, because um, for me, my favorites just come to playing Smash and, and Mario yeah. Party because that's my experience with it. So mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot of stuff. Like I mentioned, the, you know, Wind Waker and, and, and Sunshine and stuff. I never played those games. So, um, yeah, I'm very curious what you guys have as like a top, you know, two or three or something. Mario titles take the cake for me. Like it's usually Smash Bros, 
double dash but i did like wake wind waker a lot and i liked it maybe maybe not as like twilight princess felt more like a um a zelda traditional zelda game but i still got more out of wind waker i think from the experience of playing it um so i would probably choose wind waker out of the two for like the definitive zelda game for the gamecube um even though it was wildly different from like say ocarina of time or you know majora's mask but uh it it just had like a it, it kind of fit the 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 platform for gamecube it fit the console so wind waker is up there for me um got a lot of love for that rogue squadron game i don't know if it's in my top five but it's it's up there. I played a lot of a lot of the Mario titles, like um, as I mentioned. I gotta mention Sega Soccer Slam because it basically. Oh, I remember that game. But that's so. When I talk about Mario Strikers, and you guys have yeah. a lot of love for Mario Tennis, I have a lot of love for the soccer version of Mario. It's basically a clone of Sega Soccer Slam. So it's like um, Nintendo benefiting from their acquisition of the Sega properties and making a Mario version of Sega Soccer Slam, which is Mario Strikers was. See, was I, so I played good. the Sega Soccer one and I never played Strikers, which is oh, so strange. Strikers. Yeah. They had uh, Strikers for the Wii as well. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was so good. Um, so, so all those Mario titles are so good. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, I played so much of that game as well. Probably more yes. so than the ones for oh N64. Um, <laughs> Mike's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then where you guys love Mario Tennis, I loved Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Oh, I love, I love that. I love yeah. that game. Yeah. Um, so I don't I don't have like a definitive top five, but those like hard games are up there for me. Um, and when you guys were playing like Halo, and obviously I love to play it on other people's systems, uh, Time Splitters 2 on PS2 was a lot of fun. They had it on GameCube, and I really like that game. Time that game is too. awesome. That yeah. game that is game awesome. I, I I had that on uh, was it on PC or maybe I just played it a lot at someone's place that had a PlayStation. But I I played a lot of that game too. That game is awesome. I remember that. You know, Dave, we were talking about before the recording this GoldenEye Rogue Agent, mm-hmm. and as much as a fun idea as it is, I was saying it was probably a bit of past its prime when they they released it because like the GoldenEye craze was pretty much done and everyone's on to halo and all this other stuff and i prefer i think time splitters 2 gave me like that that golden eye feeling back more so than say like golden eye rogue agent or anything else would yeah but um but enter the matrix was a big one for me because that was like oh, my yeah. max pain fix i got my max pain fix it was the same style of game and it makes sense that you're in the matrix because you're doing all the bullet slow-mo moves yeah. and and then that kind of stuff so no it makes cool, sense like, in max pain because you're yeah a, you're a cop right. in a noir story and you can <laughs> yeah. and you take drugs and <laughs> yeah, yeah. you need to be on drugs yeah <laughs> oh man i love yeah. max pain i love that game yeah um, max pain so so my love for max pain kind of bled into the entry of the matrix so that was a big one for me as well yeah um there's so many more on, on my list but those are kind of like the highlights yeah uh mike before you get to yours uh we're gonna have a little bit of a guest spot that i want to make sure i i i mention and and throw in here so um we had the the two guys from uh the gamecube was cool podcast on a few months ago and talking a whole lot about nintendo talking a whole lot of favorite games and movies and everything which which is great uh fellow torontonians which is even uh a crazier coincidence, which we didn't even know until we started recording mm-hmm. with them. But yeah. Neil and gonna, Mike, 
Uh, yeah, Neil yeah, Mike. Neil and Mike. Yeah, um, they're also going to record, and I'm going to put, I'm going to insert that right after I say this into the episode. But they're going to record some of their favorite memories of the GameCube as well. I just want to make sure that we include that in there because they're the uh, quote unquote experts, I guess I would say mm-hmm. on it. I mean, they do a full podcast on it. They go through all the, a bunch of games. Um, they do a great job on their episodes digging deep into different games every episode and um, and why they love them. They play through pretty much everything that they have on their show, which is awesome as well. Um, so check them out. That's the GameCube was cool. It's a podcast. And um, before Mike gets to his favorites, we're going to get, uh, we're going to get them to chat about theirs as well. So uh, yeah, gentlemen, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into Back in My Day podcast. We are thrilled to be here as guests. Me being, of course, Neil, one half of the GameCube was cool podcast. I'm here with my co-host, my best friend, Mike Lane. Hi. Hey, Mike. (laughs) We're here to celebrate, of course, this week or last week, I guess this is going up a little bit late, is the 20th anniversary of the GameCube's launch in North America. What a time. Can't believe it. The GameCube is now entering its third decade and we cannot be even more in love with this console as it already is. So we're just going to take five or 10 minutes here and go back and talk about some of our memories of the console, uh, why we still love it today, maybe some fun facts. I'll let you take it away, Uh, Mike. Why don't you uh, take us back to 2001 and let us know your first memory of the GameCube all the way back to 2001 so obviously we love the gamecube so much that we made a podcast strictly dedicated to it mm-hmm. and uh my first memories are it coming out and uh, me wanting it and i didn't i begged my parents for a console i did not have a console yet uh, i only had game boys at this time and i wanted an n64 but i didn't get one so i asked for a gamecube i got no for christmas 01 no for christmas 02 but i finally cracked <laughs> them for christmas 03 I got the GameCube Double Dash and the Zelda collection uh, on there, which was a limited time. And I loved that collection so much, and I still do. But the GameCube really for me was the first time that I did get to have my own console, have my friends over to play this console, uh, play it with my parents as well. My dad loved Mario Kart, loved the NHL games. Uh, I had a lot of sports games as a kid, and I got to play those with him and, uh, of course, other friends. And yeah, it was just it was a very magical thing for me and and I knew a lot of other friends who had GameCubes, Neil included, mm-hmm. and we uh, easy thing to bond over. I, I didn't have a lot of PS2 friends, I guess, who exclusively had PS2s. Uh and uh, even though I really should have, there's 150 million of them compared to uh, 21 <laughs> million GameCubes sold. But mm-hmm. uh I love this console so much. It's meant a lot to me uh and I when I kind of started getting back into gaming after high school and in university, uh, I really wanted to start with the GameCube because I that's those were some of my fondest memories growing up was playing that. And so I started kind of trying to get back a lot of the games that I had traded in as you do when you're a kid because uh, GameStop mm-hmm. is like, hey, you can get this money back for it and you can get these brand new Wii games. We can give you 50 cents for Resident Evil 4, kid. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so stupid me treated in a lot of games. I have slowly gotten almost all of them back uh, from family I lent it to and also just from buying it uh, at game stores that we go to. But yeah, yeah, love the GameCube so much and I love Mm -hmm. to talk about it. Clearly, we've uh, been talking about it now for over 75 episodes and Neil also likes to talk about it. 
I do also like to talk about it. I had no idea how much this console was going to mean to me when I first saw it. Probably actually in 2001, Mike and I had a mutual friend who got everything early. He got the games, he got the consoles, he got the toys. So we always went to his place. He had a dope basement. And one of the first things that I remember at his place was seeing the GameCube for the first time. And I'd already seen it on TV a whole bunch because there was a lot of marketing around the GameCube back in the day. The the commercials were very edgy, uh, almost had like a horror element to them, like Matrix-y, very sci-fi-ish, like uh, like pupils with squares in them and hearts beating that were cube-shaped and just really weird stuff, honestly. Like, if you look at it now, it looks like a Linkin Park music video. But uh, <laughs> I remember seeing it at this guy's house for the first time, and my first thought being, it's not a cube. Not a cube. But uh, nonetheless, we played lots of James Bond games, Mario Kart. We bought the new Smash Bros. I remember seeing Pikmin for the first time and Wave Race and all of these games that I would eventually uh, know and love in my in my high school years, my junior high school years, college years. And now I'm an adult living on my own or living with my girlfriend. And just like when I first got my GameCube from my parents for my uh, 11th birthday, it was actually a funny story that I don't know if I've told yet, but we had another friend of uh, another mutual friend who had the Xbox, the original Xbox, and he had Halo. And I was addicted to Halo for a very short amount of time. We went over <laughs> to his place and played Halo on that big fat Duke controller, uh, you know, white and black buttons and whatnot. Uh, the first time I'd really ever played a non-Nintendo console up until that point because mm-hmm. I was from a Nintendo family. We had the Super NES, the N64, Game Boy Colors, Game Boy Advances. I went over to this kid's house and here we were playing with Master Chief and whatnot. And for a little while, for a couple weeks, I was begging my parents for an Xbox because I wanted to play Halo really <sighs> badly. I wanted to talk to people online and, and shoot people in the head with laser beams and whatnot. But uh, nonetheless, my parents stuck to the plan. They kept me a Nintendo kid. Thank God they did. They must have talked to the correct person at EB Games that day because for my 11th birthday, I got my black Nintendo GameCube with Spider-Man 2, which I adore Spider-Man 2, and uh, play that to death. They also got me the Game Boy Advance player, which is an amazing peripheral for the GameCube. The GameCube was chock full of amazing peripherals uh, years before the Wii came out, which just kind of shot peripherals down our throats until the point where we hated them. Uh, and like I said up front, I had no idea how much this console was going to mean to me and how long it was going to stick around for. Uh, it was in my parents' basement from the time we were in high school. Mike and I played Nightfire together after school, uh, to in college, we would go to each other's homes. I went to Mike's house when he went away to university. We would play Mario Party and Double Dash and more Nightfire. And then Mike would come over to my place and we would do the same thing at my house. And now we both live on our own. We live with our respective girlfriends now. And the GameCube is still under the TV uh, 20 years later. We still play the same games. We talk about the console every week on the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. And (laughs) to this day, I don't like I own a PS4. We own Switches. We own PCs that can play uh, really good games. Uh, But we really just love kicking back and playing a game from 20 years ago that doesn't require any updates. The games are still fun. They still hold up ridiculously well. I take pictures all the time on Instagram and people ask me to this just today. Actually, I got a message of someone asking me, do I use an HD converter? Uh, which I say, no, I'm just using my red, white, and yellow cables. Uh, <laughs> Metroid prime just looks that good. Honestly, it does. uh, these games hold up ridiculously well. I don't see a future where I don't have a GameCube under my TV just cause it's been a part of my life now for 20 years. So Really happy that everybody is celebrating it this week and uh, super grateful to have uh, Back in My Day podcast guys, uh, Mike and Dave, inviting us on. So uh, thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it and uh, we hope to uh, have you on our show again real soon. Mike, is there anything else that I missed or is that a pretty good wrap up? 
That's a pretty good wrap-up. Great games, great console. I love all the love that's been getting, getting over the past year and a bit. Uh, it's, it seems to be everywhere. Uh, people talking about GameCube. Some people talking about how they don't know what a GameCube is. Uh, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but yes, uh, thanks again, guys, for uh, letting us uh, gush and share our memories of this great console. And happy 20 to you, GameCube. Mm. Happy 20th, GameCube. Everybody out there, go pick up Godzilla Destroys All Monsters Melee. Best fighter of all time. Cheers. I'm going to share this now. There are better time than, uh, no better time than now on this specific GameCube episode, but I do have... You guys know me. I have my definitive GameCube favorite GameCube games listed. Of and course. Ranked <laughs> from my, so my top 10, but I'll go through them quickly. Okay. So my favorite GameCube game of all time is Spider-Man 2. The movie tie-in game. This to me is like what the PlayStation Spider-Man game is to the kids now, probably. Like when I think back of this game, it's exactly like that. It's like, it, but it probably wasn't. It's just, that's how it felt like at the time. Uh, it was like an open world Spider-Man game where you could go on all these quests and deliver pizzas, but then also do the main storyline and mm-hmm. power up your spider. And it was like basically open world Spider-Man game. Like it's around now because yeah, it's PlayStation almost game. Twenty years, like, ago. 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. It was like and GTA, could, but for Spider-Man. Yeah, and yeah. you could swing yeah, anywhere yeah. in the city and go anywhere in the city, and like you know there was like things to find. And I played. I sunk way too many hours for that game and there was like end game end game content and was there really it was, wow yeah there was costumes yeah it was like to fight all the bosses in one warehouse like all the bosses from the storyline oh. like in timed runs and like there was like swing swing through uh obstacles so so what you're saying runs. like with this game is that the one that miles morales and the one that came out a couple of years ago really weren't as innovative as we thought they were <laughs> well yeah they weren't actually i mean i love them they're like my games of the years yeah they're like, awesome yeah because they took me back 20 years so well Spider-Man done too yeah so well done so yeah. But obviously, they've benefited from 20 years of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, I'm just, making, I'm just kidding. So, yeah, the, I loved Spider-Man 2, though, that, that game specifically, and the movie. Um, my second game, Super Smash Bros. Melee, we talked about. It's obviously, like, to me and to a lot of people, the best Smash Bros. game. Uh, Fire Emblem, Path of Radiance, the game that got me, you know, addicted to the Fire Emblem series. Uh, Mario Kart Double Dash, we talked about that. Uh, Animal Crossing for... GameCube. My first experience with an Animal Crossing game and got me totally hooked. I got my sister hooked. I've uh, loved the series ever since. And I played a lot of that game. Um, Resident Evil, there was a... There yeah, was, Resident Evil Resident, 4. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 on GameCube. Like they, was they had 2, yeah. 3, and 4 or something, but 4 was yeah. so good. 4 was first so good. came out on GameCube, which is so yeah. insane. Yes, that was it's the like first known as like it. first place GameCube game. And it was yeah. like a groundbreaking Resident Evil game. Yeah. That got uh, me into the Resident Evil series. To be honest. It did for a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, like I left the Resident Evil. That's the, probably the last Resident Evil game I played, but I had so much fun. That was it. the one that they brought back recently, right? They remastered it. They've made so many versions of that game. So you can many. play it in VR now. Like there's so many different versions of it because people love it. Yeah, it sort of it's has it's a, a, a little bit more action-y than, than a lot of the other ones. I mean, it's still very much Resident Evil, but there's a little bit more of an action feel to it which is kind of from what I hear what 
seven and eight were kind of like as well. So they kind of had a mix of that, but four mm-hmm. is a, yeah, it's a great game. It's just, I don't know why it seems surprising that GameCube was like the exclusive console for it for so long. I know. Weird, I don't know right? why. I don't know why it just feels like it doesn't fit, but it, I guess it's, it's, it's really, not Nintendo property. That's I guess. Yeah. The, the fact that uh, I had it is probably a testament to that. Cause like, it's not a game I traditionally would have gone for. So yeah. I'm curious as to why I ended up with it, but it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. Uh, F zero. So on my seventh game, if anyone's <laughs> keeping track, but F zero GX. Yep. Great racing game. Okay. My number eight game, eternal darkness. It was called oh, Eternal yeah. Darkness, um, uh, Sanity's Requiem, or something like that. And this was a crazy game that I absolutely loved. And it was an exclusive to GameCube, which is so weird because it was like a horror game. And then your characters went like, if you were like losing health, you would you lose sanity, and your character would go in, insane. And what would happen was these sanity effects would happen. But they would try to make it seem like it was happening to your, to you in real life. So your, they would like your like volume on your TV would go down. In you know what I mean, like the volume oh, lower the volume yeah. or the um, blue screen of death would come. They try to trick you like your TV had died, or the screen would look all fuzzy or have cracks in it. And it, like so, the sanity effects that applied to your character, they try like they kind of tried to make it you think like they're applying to you or your controller would work backwards. And it was like trying to mess with the player in that way. And there was no that's internet. A, that's so such a, that's brilliant. Yeah. That. And there was that's no brilliant. internet to know what all the sanity effects were. So you didn't really yeah. know. So you didn't really know if your TV was messing up and your audio was going all spotty or if the game was just like fucking with you, basically <laughs> trying to make you feel like you're that's insane. Amazing. Yeah. That's it's awesome. crazy. So like, I, I know of this game because it has so much sort of like it's like one of those cult following cult kind of yeah, games. Yeah, it's like reviewed really well, but didn't really sell well. Dude, I, I sold my copy of it a couple of years ago because it was like worth a decent amount of money for a used game. Totally regret it now. Um, you got to check out these like sanity effects. I wonder how many people actually, you know, didn't know and like thought their TV broke or their GameCube broke or whatever. Because right? it would <laughs> or say, they were losing I their hearing. Or... <laughs> yeah, or whatever. I think it would say the disconnected controller or something, but your controller, like things like that. Like they've tried to like mess with you. And it's such a cool idea that's never been done before. And as far as I know, and never been done since, except maybe with Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I was going to uh, say the controller that's thing. That's the yeah. other one that it reminds me of. Uh, anyways, that game, huge shout out to that game because that's a GameCube exclusive that's super unique and like needs to be remembered uh and then the x-men legend games one and two i played the crap out of those games oh, i yeah. love yeah. the x-men legend games that's why i fell in love with the marvel alliance is that like styles. the infinity Gaunt- uh, the gauntlet game like the like the ultimate like alliance kind of thing yeah ultimate yeah. alliance those those predate yeah. ultimate alliance they were so before ultimate alliance came the x-men games and you could play with four players and everyone was a different x-men and you'd level them up and get get yeah. into their powers i think and then i remember the playing that at games. your place yes they were amazing yeah. it was the same top down gauntlet kind of dungeon crawling thing and then eventually the ultimate alliance games came out and that's those are the the, the successors of yeah the x-men legends games yeah um and then my next my next game nhl hits which was my favorite yeah. launch game. it was one of the best Sick. nhl games nhl hits like nfl blitz but for nhl you hit people yeah. through the boards turn on fire uh the goalie turns into a brick wall or all that like arcadey sports 
games and that was for other systems too but i played it for the gamecube and i absolutely loved it so yeah yeah that list wasn't like ex all exclusive gamecube games but a, few, a bunch of them were but yeah that's my like definitive personal you know nice. i didn't play every game so it's not like a full review of Mike, if you if you've I made a list, list, if you've made a list like that, it's pretty definitive. Yeah. Come yeah. on, it's pretty definitive. Um, no pick, no Pikmin on your list. Pikmin? Never played it. Never played it. Or like that's why I'm saying it's not the definitive list. Never played Pikmin. Never played Luigi's Mansion. So like you know, had I played them, they might have made it. But that's just the ten games that I loved the most and played the crap out of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so because I don't have an ex much of a list or anything like that, but. I'm curious, really quickly, because I think you guys can get this list pretty quickly. Top 10 selling GameCube games worldwide. Why don't we turn this into a little back and forth, kind of back in my quiz. Warning, incoming game. Warning, incoming game. Let's do that. Let's, uh, Ian, what is it? We're always gaming. Always gaming. Yeah. <laughs> gotta have you just gotta have you say it. So okay, I'm, so I'm gonna launch um, with the game that I played most. I'm gonna I'm gonna go first. All right. So you don't, have, you don't have to say what position they're in, just just whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna say the game that I played most for sure on the GameCube. Super Smash Bros. Melee. Number one. That is there you one. go. And um so just over seven million copies sold. Oof. Which is which is a lot for a system that didn't, you know, do gangbusters. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so that is number one. Super Smash is number one. Uh, Mike, I'll go um, Mario Kart Double Dash. Ooh, number nice. two. Number two. Ooh. With uh, so, six six point nine five million. On the note of those, because Smash Bros. Melee, it kind of. It really opened it up in terms of characters, and I think Double Dash is something similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask uh, Dave, what were your, your go-to like newer characters? Because I know like in the original Smash Bros, I used to like using Luigi, mm -hmm. but in Smash Bros Melee, I got like I got into some of the newer characters like Ganon and uh, Bowser. They had the heavy hitters, characters. yeah. So yeah. For me, in the first one was Kirby, and he's still a go-to that I still play in uh, in Ultimate when I've when I've played it. I had it on 3DS, and I have it on Switch. Um, so Kirby's always fun, but I think that's because most of the time the reason why I go back to him is because I'm I, the moves are basically all the same; they haven't really changed. Mm. And I just I don't know, I just tend to just like his move set. But Bowser, Bowser would have been my my Bowser's guy. Great, and, yeah, and he's still good. And he still doesn't play that different than he did which right. I think helps. And uh, I don't know. I'm always, I'm always, I always like the sort of lighter, quicker hitters in fighter games for some reason. Um, but for, so, but uh, for a, a completely other, I don't know why Bowser just works for me. I just really like. There's something satisfying really like about the, the way they design Bowser. Like you always face him as a boss and you usually just have to like get by him in the original yeah. Mario's and like, you just have to get under the, the, when he jumps and you get under him, but like he, he doesn't do a whole lot in, yeah. the, in the early Mario <laughs> right. games. And He's I'm just like big, <laughs> but like the moves they give him and the, it all makes sense. And like, it it's kind of like it kind of a throwback to the Mario 64, like the way he kind when he interacts in a 3d environment but yeah yeah and i and i think he back. actually um he works better like i love donkey kong and I, I would love to say donkey kong is a better heavy hitter in the games but i think that actually bowser is a better heavy hitter in these games than donkey kong is i think he's more his moveset is more competitive 
I think. Nice. So yeah, he, him and Kirby would be my go-to in that. Mike, do you have a go-to in, in Melee? Ian was asking me. Uh, uh, Link. Link was always good. Been yeah. Link and Zelda, Zelda characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And Link is like, still very good. And Mario. Like the Mario. the Mario. Princess Zelda character was cool because she could turn yep. into Sheik. <laughs> yes. Sorry, now Sheik's a separate character the, in, in the yeah. later games. So you, you guess Double Dash. So yes. if I'm going to go with another big one... Uh, this is okay. Top ten, right? Yeah, I will say. Yeah. I will say while you ponder on it for a second. There's maybe one surprise in this top ten. Mm. Maybe two. That that's just me. That's what I think. But I, I think there's be maybe two that are. Surprising. I don't think this is too risky. But Super Mario Sunshine sounds like it should be up there. That is number three. <laughs> okay. Number cool. three. Yeah. But I understand it's in the hesitation because it's like it's not yeah. it's probably the least popular right out of out of the standouts. So that is six point three one million. So it's we're going down by about 0.5.6 mil per the top three. So you guys got the top three now. All right. There you go. I'll have to go with uh, the launch title in Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion is number five. So we've skipped four, okay, but then. number five, it is three point six million. So decent, a decent drop from number three to number yeah. five is yeah. half, basically, which yeah. is a little, it's a big drop. All right. So now yeah. we're thinking top 10 GameCube. <laughs> oh, boy. We've uh, pretty much talked about almost, almost all of these. We've talked yeah, about. I, I got at least two more in my, to, get, to guess if Ian gets this one. but um, Okay, I'm going to try Wind Waker then. Wind Waker is that number four. Wind Waker okay. is 4.6 million. Yeah, so you guys got the top five. So the reviewing on the top five, we have Smash Bros. Melee at number one. Double Dash, Mario Kart Double Dash at number two. We have Mario Sunshine at number three. Wind Waker at number four. Luigi's Mansion, number five. That's what we got. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the one we kind of just talked about in Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4, I think it was. It is not on there. Oh, which no. is surprising. Which is surprising. Is surprising. Damn, yeah, that is actually stuck very... with the Mario titles or something. Is Pretty Rogue much. Squadron on there? It is not on there. Oh, Both okay. of those titles, I feel like, would be standouts. I think Resident Evil Four is not on there. Okay, we got to hear the rest. So, so you guys got the top five pretty easily. So, I think, I mean, there's. There's only one on here, maybe two that, yeah, that I really think that would be tough. So number 10 is Mario Party 4. So the mm. first Mario Party on the system, I, it makes sense that that's the, the yeah. number one out of other ones on there. Number nine, Pokemon Coliseum. I was going to guess oh, yeah. that as my like dark horse. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the stadium sequel, right? That's the I, next stadium. I just game. thought Resident Evil 4 had to be on there. That's all. I, I, I'm actually surprised that it's not. Now that you now that you say it, I'm actually very surprised. Yeah. Number eight. Now, this is the most surprising. And again, this is worldwide. It's not just North America. So there may be a play on this here. But Sonic Adventure 2. Well, what? Yeah. Yeah. So Sonic Adventure they really was... benefited from that Sega. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's it was it was sort of like uh Sonic Adventure was the was the big Sonic on Dreamcast, like the for the sort of um, launch for for Dreamcast, and I guess this came not that long after, so that was part of it. But two point mm. five six million, it's not like it was you know sold gangbusters yeah. or whatever. Um, number seven was the first Metroid Prime. 
Oh, uh, see, which, I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which kind of makes sense. And then number six was Animal Crossing. Hmm. Oh, darn. I should have went with Animal Crossing. Yeah, so, so I, I think it makes sense. I think the Sonic one's a little surprising. And it's, you know, maybe Mario Party 4, you could say that Resident Evil 4 would have beat it out or something. But I'm sure whatever Resident Evil 4 sold during the GameCube's life cycle... I'm sure it has sold gangbusters since then as well. So I'm sure it's sold more than yeah Mario Party Four and Sonic. Yeah, yeah. Since gonna... then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's definitely the better game and deserves to be on that list. But so as I'm of not happy. as of earlier this year, Resident Evil Four is by far the highest the highest selling Resident Evil game. Any guesses how much it might have sold since its release? On, just on GameCube for, or for GameCube? Blocks? No, for everything, everything. And what what was what was like the GameCube numbers again? Yeah, the first like GameCube the... Uh, number one GameCube. No, what, the like the the melee and the the game numbers on the GameCube that you just had up. Like how much did Melee sell? Yeah, like Melee and Luigi's Mansion. What, what melee two mil. Melee sold seven. Oh, uh, seven. Okay. Double Dash sold just under. Wind Waker okay. and everything else was five and under. I'm gonna guess Resident Evil sold about ten million then. Okay, Ian, what's your Resident guess? Evil Four for uh, all of all just remakes. Resident Evil Four. It's, just it's lifetime all, as of earlier overall? this year. Yeah, all the yeah, remakes, f- right? Fifteen mil. Fifteen. Ten point three. Oh, that that's was a lot, close. man. That yeah, is a lot. That was yeah, ten million. That was is surprisingly a lot. close. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're only off by by a few hundred thousand, which is like yeah. nothing when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is probably honestly, guess. it's it's probably like number eleven on the list of the GameCube games yeah, by like probably. that much. Yeah, um, yeah. So we uh, looking back at a damn good console that honestly, I think I I'm underrated. Out on. I think. I, I'm, yeah, I, think I was gonna is. say best way to describe it is probably the most underrated console of its generation for sure. Yeah. And um, like even at the time, underrated. You know, yeah. whenever you told people you had a GameCube and not an Xbox or PlayStation, they were like, "Oh, you have a GameCube," but they didn't know the games they were missing out on by not having a GameCube. You know, it's only if you knew someone that had a GameCube did you go to their house and play Smash and Double Dash and these games, and you could really truly appreciate like how good the GameCube was. So underrated is perfect. Yeah, because the Xbox did did pretty well for it being its first. Microsoft mm-hmm. console and the PlayStation 2 is one of the highest selling consoles of all time. So that feels like it, the one that all my friends had. Yeah. Yeah. All, all my friends yeah. had PS2. And that's what I was talking about, like Time Splitter 2. I was so grateful to have an opportunity to play that on GameCube after having played it on the PS2. Yeah. Um, you know, on my first episode, I talked about one of the first computer games, PC games I played, which was Prince of Persia. Right. And so I got a, I got an opportunity to dive back into that world and no I'm I know not we're talking going about with this. Jake Gyllenhaal's <laughs> film Prince of Persia. I'm talking about the GameCube Sands of Time, which yes. was uh incredible. Like it was just like it was kind of like a Drake's uh, Uncharted style game where you, you know it's pu- uh, very puzzly, very like working your way around a map, but it was more so like Prince of Persia if that makes sense than Drake's where it was like you know, scaling walls and trying to, you know, uh, escape these kind of narrow situations. And then you had the the element of time travel. Yes, exactly. where you had to go back and redo it 
you had to rewind and a little, I think in the combat, there was a little bit of slow motion or something in one of the abilities, or maybe I'm just thinking of the rewind, but the whole rewind mm-hmm. feature was like super innovative at the time. Like yeah. The fact that that was a thing that you could do. And it completely makes sense with the sands of time. Like it, it actually yeah. fit with what they were doing. Oh, it was a good, it was it a good game. Yeah. It's it an game amazing sure. game. I love that game. Yeah. And I think they are, Oh, I could be missing if they actually re already re-released it but i think they are re-releasing that game with a new hmm. coat of paint on it which i nice. would play because i haven't played that oh. game in almost 20 years i think i played it on xbox probably a couple of years after it came out and uh and love I, that game's great it's fantastic yeah it's great game. yeah yeah great great innovation on in a series that goes back 40 years you know like it's crazy how far back hmm. that goes so um okay so uh, thanks for the uh, GameCube was cool, guys, for joining us in the episode. Gentlemen, thank you for talking uh, about the GameCube with me. And um, 20 years. It's insane. 20 years at the GameCube. I think we old. easily yeah. spoke about 20 years. It was games. like yesterday. <laughs> so 20 uh, games, 20 years. I think we easily hit 20 games in this episode. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I, I'm sure there's there's always stuff that we miss because it's just the way it works. But other than that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of obvious picks that we definitely went through. And, and that's not shine away from how great the the console just is in general so um mike until we uh until we hit another i don't know what console else xbox is also 20 years old this year so there's there's all that too so uh halo's coming out soon the original Halo's available you know all that stuff is is awesome so um mike where's everyone keeping up with uh us talking about all that stuff until our next episode playing games yeah, you know where, we have, where's it all happening we never mentioned neil and mike's like favorite game uh at least favorite shooter game 007 oh. nightfire yes nightfire which, yeah which which they um maintain is better than goldeneye which is actually our definitive game of the 90s so i think we gotta like get them on and like debate these games or something because <laughs> i wonder uh, they, we could probably go on for a while debating probably games. Yeah. Anyways, they're, they're big james bond nightfire uh, defenders and we're big golden eye defenders so yeah because i recall playing every version of bond that came out like there was a world is not enough game for uh, n64 we spoke about the golden eye rogue agent which was kind of like all right this maybe a little past its time but it was i think it was good in its own right i think nightfire it'll be interesting to hear what those boys have to say because i don't think it was I can't remember being too good. So. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh my god! So we haven't listened. We haven't listened to their recording that they're going to send us, and I'm I'm going to put previously in this episode. But um, I have a feeling that they're mentioning it. If not, if not, then we're just talking out of our butts a little bit. But the cool the cool thing about it, which which they they made us aware of at the time, was that it is an original story, which is interesting because a lot of the time they're not right like there's really not a lot of original stories it's not based on any books it's not based on the movies which obviously was very popular to do so i think that's interesting and it's sort of the the time of the technology where you could do a little bit more with the game um so i i do get it but they also said that they played a ton of multiplayer with it and stuff right so it really just no, i could see if, where they're coming yeah. from because like we mentioned how you know i mentioned at least i like the n64 versions of smash and mario tennis but i like the gamecube versions better right maybe right. you know maybe they improved on golden eye and they had the better controller and maybe it's the overall better experience you know but that came out in the 2000s so it doesn't take away from our you know pick of golden eye being the game of the 90s I don't think. right so, right yeah, anyways 
uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear what they had to say. And yeah, thanks for contributing, boys. And uh, if you want to find our pod, their podcast is called The GameCube Was Cool. And if you want to find our podcast, it's called uh, Back in My Day. Find it on your podcast app of choice and find us on social media at Day Back In. That's it. That's where you'll find us. Uh, Twitch, we're going to try to do a little bit more. Uh, it's hard. I say follow us, but unfortunately, it's very intermittent when we when we can actually pull it off. I'm going to try and play through some of the Halo games um, if I can before the actual single player comes out. The multiplayer comes out in a couple of weeks, which is awesome. Um, so you might see a little bit of that. And uh, and me and Rich had such a good time on uh, on Extra Life playing NHL 94 that we're in the discord for the NHL 94.com guys. And we're going to actually start trying to play NHL 94 as a team against other people, if we can, which would be That's embarrassing awesome. and fun at the same time. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Jokes. So we're going to try and do that. And if, and if it's too embarrassing, we'll just play each other from a distance because we won't be in the same room like we were the other day. So, uh, so that could be fun <laughs> too. So again, uh, uh, back in my day games on Twitch. So it's very intermittent. I feel, I feel honestly, I feel bad like saying follow us because it's just like, oh, random video. Here we are randomly. We're live. But if you catch the VODs or if you catch any of the highlights or the, or the clips or any of that stuff, you'll, you'll find it there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you're working from home and you got some time to kill and have another screen on in the background while you're getting some work done. It could be us being really bad at NHL 94 or Halo. So you never know. It's all connected, baby. It's, it's all connected. Yeah, it's all good, man. Uh, gents, thank you very much for joining me again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And until next time, we will see you next time. So one thing I wanted to ask you though about Eternals, mm-hmm. the post-credit scenes. Did you understand those? Because I found like they were the most like inside baseball of all Marvel MCU. Yeah, um, I knew. So the first one, let's just go in spoiler territory. Dave, you're muted, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. he's muted. The first one is um, Thanos' brother, played by Harry Styles, showed up. Yeah, uh, had no idea what that character was. Uh, read about it after um what about you so yeah i i Eros. only knew because like infinity gauntlet um their dad is an eternal and he is a brother of thanos but thanos is half deviant mm-hmm. so that's why it looks so messed up i wanted to and mention then- that in the review of like i've read some eternal comics too and and stuff like that from what i understand the deviants are portrayed way different in the comics the oh yeah are like a, a race and eternals are a race they're not just like yeah. tentacle dogs that kill humans that yeah. bugged me but well, too. so yeah that was and the Thanos thing about the movie where it deviant. started to get interesting when the deviant had a personality but then it was kind of short-lived you know what mm-hmm. i mean but then the other one was the black knight right so dane whitman so, yeah so that one hairstyles one not familiar with that was a huge shock to me but then i saw everyone on the internet going crazy that's a really cool character. I do remember the character from Infinity Gauntlet. Now you say that because I have read that comic. And I didn't remember the name Star Fox as a character. Yeah. So don't know anything else about him, but that's going to be cool. Harry Styles in the MCU, pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Black Knight, I am familiar with the Black Knight, which was Kit Harrington's character. With the and, Ebony Blade. Uh, with the Ebony Blade, I'm familiar with that character. That's like a old school Avengers character, been around a long time. 
I've seen him in the So did you know who it was, whose uh, voice it was? But the voice, yes, this voice appeared off screen. I had no idea until I got out and Googled it. No, and I know. Me neither. I thought it was, I honestly thought it was Jeffrey Wright. I thought it was The Watcher. Right. I didn't know what was going on. But it's Mahersha Ali and it's Blade. Yeah, that is dope. That Which is, is wild, right? But it makes Blade. sense when you start to think about the Ebony Blade and its origin has something to do with Dracula. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if they were going to have him involved with anybody else, it makes sense it would be the Black Knight, right? So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. We'll see that if he gets to mingle. That Kit Harrington character. I want him out of this Eternal storyline. I want him into I thought he was great in the movie. I thought line. he just didn't have a whole lot to do, but I thought he was really good with what he did have. So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking the whole movie. So it was, it's one of those, he's in there just to tease. The next yeah, he was in there to set it up, game. but I thought it was so. you know, like, it, it makes me intrigued now. as So what is, what his deal is going to be? Oh, I can't wait. He, he's basically like the Ebony Blade is like, um, you know, the opposite of Mjolnir. Like you don't have to be worthy. You have to be like a bit of a, you have to go dark to, to be able to use its mm-hmm. power. So, but he's like not a bad guy. So it's going to be interesting. Like an you anti-hero. have to have some, some, I don't know the right word, some darkness, some issues about you to use it. And then the more you use it, the more dark you get. And you get Unless he comes the from side, the of. bloodline of the family that's been using it, right? So Yeah, and yeah. he mentioned his uncle. He doesn't get around with his uncle. His uncle like has gone dark. So it's kind of like a, you know, like a Jedi thing. Dark side, like yeah, yeah, he, exactly. You use it for good, but the more you use it, the more your mind gets corrupted and you go dark. So cool, yeah. that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, I'm digging that. I'm in for that. I can't wait for Blades, so.